just tell about it. There was a time, <clears throat> excuse me, there was a time I was at, at work one time and, and we had a big meeting and there was probably oh, 20 or 25 of us in a meeting room and we was on a break and people was just kind of chatting among themselves and stuff and, <clears throat> and uh, there was a couple guys got into a religious discussion right beside me and it went on for a few minutes and I was kind of listening and not saying nothing and, and finally the one guy spoke up and he said, see, that's the problem with Christians. He said, y'all say you know something and you don't know because you live, you'll, you'll admit it yourselves. It's by faith. You don't know it. You believe it by faith. And God put it on my heart and I looked at him and I said, well, all I can tell you is I know that there was a time in my life when I had a intimate conversation with God personally, one-on-one, -on -one, and I know what he did for me down in my heart. And because of that, I know that he lives and that I'm going to heaven when this life's over. And that was all I felt like saying. And, it, and when I said that, the whole room went dead quiet. And I had to get up and leave because I just didn't know what else. It seemed like everybody was waiting on me to say something else, and God didn't give me nothing else. So I just got up and left the room. Uh, but that's, that's what we owe man, is to spread what God has done for us. So we don't, it, it, where it says owe no man anything, I believe that's telling me that no matter where I go, no matter who I'm around, no matter what I'm doing, I should conduct myself in a godly manner so that nobody that I ever come in contact with will think that I'm not what I say I am. If, if they do, then I've left, I've done them wrong. I owe them something. But we'll move on here. Uh, verse 9 says, For this <clears throat> thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And like I said a minute ago, the, 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 the love thy neighbor as thyself, if we all did that right from the depths of our heart, all them other commandments wouldn't even be necessary. Uh, if I loved my neighbor, and, and we can go back to the... We can go back to the time when uh, Jesus told them the, the story of the Good Samaritan. They said, who is our neighbor? Jesus told them the parable of the, the Good Samaritan. Our neighbor is whoever we come in contact with. If I love my neighbor, and that's everybody, as myself, uh, I wouldn't have any, ever have any desire to steal from them or, or kill them or commit adultery or any of that other that's, that's in the commandments. I'd never have that desire if I loved them the way I love myself because I wouldn't want to do anything wrong to myself. So why would I want to do anything wrong to someone I loved as I love myself? Uh, verse 10 kind of sums it up. It says, Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. And uh, we, uh, we can't fulfill the law and uh, 
That's why Jesus had to come. <clears throat> if, you, if you think about all I've said, and it's, it's that simple. Jesus laid it right out there. It's that simple. Love one another as I have loved you. That's all we got to do to fulfill the law. And we can't do that. We can't, we can't get it through here that we're not better than somebody else or that somebody else ain't looking down their nose at us. There's always animosity somewhere. Let me go back to, I got a verse marked here in Matthew. Matthew chapter 22, uh, verses 37 to 40. Said 37 said, Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Uh, that's, what, that's what it's all about, is, is loving one another. Uh, I got it wrote down here. I, said, I wrote down, leave no good deed undone. Strive to help others without payment. Uh, we can't repay God ever for what he's done for us. And the only way to please him is by following his commandments. Uh, I believe if we love one another, love our neighbor, and, and strive to, to do what God has laid out in the commandments, in the law, uh, that's pleasing to God. We can't fulfill it, but if we try, we can please God. Uh, without love in our hearts, we can never please God. another verse that goes right along with that first john uh, four and seven says beloved let us love one another for love is of god and everyone that loveth is born of god and knoweth god if we don't know the love of god we can't we're not even capable of love real love uh,
saying that we need to love God more than anything. I said, that's true. She said, well, I love my husband so much. She said, I don't think I'll ever be able to love God more than him. So I don't, I don't see how I can love my husband less than what I do. And I said, I have good news for you. If you put God first and you love God like you're supposed to, you will love your husband more then than you do now. Yeah. And she said, oh, I, I don't see how it's possible. I said, believe me, God is love, and if you let him save your soul, you'll love your husband more than you do. Well, uh, it wasn't long after that she got saved, and she'd come to me crying and put her arms around me and hug me. She said, you told me the truth. She said, I love my husband a lot more now than I did before, <laughs> and I couldn't imagine it. But she said, I just love everybody more now than I used to. Yeah. And, and that emphasizes what you teach in that lesson. Yeah, and, and you know, if you look around at the world, and, and we've probably all done it before we got saved, uh, how many, how much is the, the divorce rate's astronomical? Uh, because people say they love one another. They, they profess their love, and they go and they get married, and they have kids and, and claim to love one another, but let hard times come along and a... One little thing gets in the way and, and pokes a hole in that bubble, and all of a sudden they don't love each other anymore. Well, it wasn't love to begin with. It wasn't God's love. When God puts a love between a man and a woman, they'll, it'll be forever. Uh, that's the way I believe, anyhow. Uh, I, I just happened to look this up. It says, I wrote down, love one another. The phrase love one another is in the Bible 11 times, all in the New Testament, and Jesus said it three times. So it's got to be important. If Jesus said it three times to the and, and to his disciples, he wanted that to be done. Uh, but we'll move on here. The, the, the second half of the, uh, the, the lesson is in 1 Corinthians. Uh, and it's in chapter 13 and verse 8 through 13. And it says, verse 8 says, Charity never faileth, but where there be prophecies, they shall fail. Where there be tongues, they shall cease. Where there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Uh, I was looking some things up on this, and uh, the word charity... And the word love are both translated from the same Greek, Greek word. Uh, charity mean love, meaning love. Charity never faileth. Um, there's, there's a lot we could say about this church. A lot of good that we could say about this church. Um, there's a lot of good people in this church. But at some point, everything good about this church is going to go be gone. Uh, the end of the world's coming. And this, this building and the, the people that are in it are all going to go by the wayside and move on to the next world. Um, like it says here, the, the prophecies will fail and the, the tongues will cease and the knowledge will vanish away. Um, the end of time is coming, but the love will not fail. Those that know God's love 
are going to go on to heaven to be with him. And regardless of what the world turns into, I don't know. I know the, uh, I know the end of time's coming. And I know what the Bible says about it. It'll rain hellfire and brimstone. Other than that, all I know is I'm going to get caught up and took away from it all before it happens. And I'm not going to have to worry about all that. Because love never faileth. There's people that question me from time to time. How do you know this and how do you know that? Uh, God's Spirit will answer your questions. Uh, talking to somebody the other night, I said, you just, you just can't listen to everybody that comes along and tells you, here's what the Bible means. Look at look here, you know, let me show you this. How do they know? How can you trust that they know? Because God's Spirit will tell you what's right and what's wrong. Uh, there's been times me and Cindy's been on vacation far away from home and run into somebody and start having a conversation and God will move in the midst and the Spirit's well up in it and you know that these people know what they're talking about because God showed it to you. That's how you know what's real. When God's Spirit moves and He shows you something, that's God's love letting you know what's right and what's wrong. Uh, verse 9 says, For we know in part and we prophesy in part. Uh, look over here. i got a, another verse marked here. Uh, it's in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. It says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when we shall appear, or we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. There's coming a time, I don't know, like I said, I don't know what's, how exactly everything's going to happen at the end, but I know the Bible says I'll be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye, if I'm still here. Uh, and I'll be caught up and took away. What will I be changed into? The likeness of God. I'll be, uh, well, let me just throw this out there. I was, I've thought about it for years, and it's kind of humorous in a way. I've thought about what heaven might be like. And uh, the Bible says, In my Father's house are many mansions. And uh, in a, another place in the Bible it says as for me and my house we will serve the Lord well the word house in that reference is referring to this guy this is my house that's where I live and as for me and my house I will serve the Lord then it says in my father's house are many mansions so does that mean when I die I'm going to become a part of God and uh, I've thought about that for a long time is heaven really just being a part of God? Uh, and I, I, I kind of threw that question out there to a few different preachers, and, and two of them that I respect dearly told me the same thing. We're already a part of God. If we've been saved, we're already living in God. Uh, so what we know now is nothing, but there's coming a time when we'll know what God knows, and we'll know one another. Uh, I seen a picture on Facebook the other day, and it was beautiful. 
it was all clouds and there was a big table that ran farther than the eye could see down through the clouds and it was all laid out with everything all beautiful and chairs lined up all the way down through there and I thought boy that's a that's a beautiful thought and then I thought but that's not the way it is because if I was sitting down here at this end of the table I would never know what was going on down there but we'll know what God knows and God knows every one of us right now where we're at what we're thinking what our heart what kind of condition our hearts in God knows every one of us right now and when we get to heaven, we'll know every one of each other right now, where we're at, what we're doing, everything about it. We won't have to go walking around heaven looking for so-and-so because we'll know right where they're at because they'll be right with us. And you can't explain that to a physical nature. You, we can't comprehend it. But that's what the Bible says, so that's what I believe. see in my, my head and know every thought I had, everybody probably stay mad at me all the time. So uh, it's just it's just when I humble my heart and follow the Lord that that I'm, I'm worth looking at or I'm worth knowing anything about. Mm -hmm. When we get to heaven, I've, 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 I've said all the time, Think, when I think about heaven, I think about some of the greatest services I've ever been in. And I've been in some real good ones. And heaven's going to be a lot better than that. Yeah. And uh, and I'm going to be a lot closer to the Lord than that. And I can't comprehend that. That's, that's beyond my comprehension, but yeah. it's going to be great. You know, and, and right along with that, if, if we're all a part of God Jesus said I'm in the Father and he's in me and I'm in you and you are in me and if that's the case we're already in God and God's in us uh, and the Holy Spirit is part of God part of the Godhead uh, we're just not in the in the place where we can feel the Spirit all the time it, this, this body couldn't handle it like go along with what dad said some of them good high spirit services by the time they're over I need to go home and take a nap I just you know it's it's the spirit will wear you out but there's coming a day when the spirit will just be part of us and we'll be able to just enjoy it all the time yeah And you can't explain it. That's, that's, the, that's the downside of this physical man and this mental mentality. You can't explain it. Uh, if we could fully explain it, what it feels like to feel the Spirit, how easy would it be to get out on the street and explain it to somebody and they'd be excited to come in here and get it. But we can't explain it. Exactly. Verse 10 in the lesson here says, But when that which is perfect is come, 
then that which is in part shall be done away with. And that's what we're just talking about. Uh, when, when perfection, I guess you could look at that two ways. When that which is perfect is come, you could look at that as Jesus was perfect. And when he comes back, everything's going to change. But you could also look at that in this aspect. This guy's going to be perfect one of these days. Not this flesh that you're looking at, but when God brings my change, then I'll be perfect, just fit for heaven. And when that happens, that which I knew in part will be done away with, and I'll know it as I am known. It says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Just as a physical reference, I got saved when I was an 11-year-old boy. Uh, I was just a child, and uh, I was more interested in playing baseball and, and riding my bike than I was getting in the Bible and studying anything. Uh, I figured it was good enough to come to church and listen to the teachers teach Sunday school and the preacher preach and the choir sing, and I didn't have to really be a big part of anything I could just come and sit and listen to them uh, wrong <laughs> there's there's some people around here that I I uh, I'm kind of jealous of because they got saved when they was my age it's about the same age I got saved and and instead of putting God on the back burner and doing their own thing for a while they stayed the course um uh, I was out of church for a long time, and I got back in, and it wasn't long after I was talking to Donnie Smith one day, and I said, I said, you know, Donnie, I said, I, I, I can't help but wonder if I hadn't never got out of church, how far along would I be knowing anything about the Bible or, or being a light to people? How, far, how, much, how much better off would I have been if I hadn't never got out of church in the first place. And what Donnie's answer just really gave me a lot of encouragement. He said, wherever you would have been, God could put you there right now if he wants to. What we know and, and the influence that we have is all up to God and how we live for him. Um, there's some people that I I'm sure probably looked at me and thought I was a child of the devil at one time in my life. Would have never believed me in a minute that I had anything had ever had anything to do with God because of the way I was living at that time. But when I see them now, they look at me and they say, what happened to you? I remember you when you was this way. I ain't that way anymore. I put God first in my life and I changed the bad things into good. Um, as far as, you know, knowing anything about the Bible, I, I feel like I, I know what God wants me to know. And that's all I'm ever going to know until that time comes that that which is perfect is come. Uh, I still... 
I've said it before, when I get up here and try to teach Sunday school and I look around and I think everybody in here was there when I was a little boy at 11 years old and taught me everything I know about life in general, especially about living for God. So how can I even consider getting up here and teaching Sunday school to the same people that taught me everything I know about it? Because it's not me. I can't teach anybody anything because I don't know anything unless God gives it to me. And like I said at the beginning of the lesson, if I say anything and the Spirit's in it, then everybody can tell that, that that's from God and we can learn from it. Um, and if the Spirit's not in it, I'll just go sit down because I don't want to be in, in anybody else's way. Verse 12 says, For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know even also, even as also I am known. Uh, that verse kind of threw me for a loop because it says, For now we see through a glass darkly. Uh, unless I'm mistaken, they didn't have any glass back then. The only thing I could figure was, I mean, they, they, back in those days, they pretty much lived in tents and, and rock adobe buildings, and there wasn't no glass in the windows. It was just boards covered it up, and if you wanted to look outside, you opened it up and looked. Um, but then I read somewhere that they had mirrors that they'd use that was not glass but polished steel. They'd take that steel plate and they'd shine it up so that they could look in it and see themselves a little bit. And if any of you has ever looked at a knife blade or a piece of steel that's all shined up, stainless steel, you can see your reflection in it, but it don't look like you. It don't look like any, it don't look, it don't look right. But we can see a little bit of what God's trying to show us. But I I look at it like this guy here, I can't comprehend all that God wants me to know. Not all at one time, anyhow. Um, that's, that's the biggest reason why I like getting up here and teaching Sunday school once in a while. Because if I didn't, how often would I sit down and study this lesson every day? When I know it's my turn to get up here, I sit down every day after I get home from work and I read through this. And I might not put a whole lot of time into it, but in my head, I'm putting importance on this. I'm putting this guy out of the way, and I'm trying to put God first and, and ask him to help me with, with what I need to know. And I always learn something from it. Uh, I always get something out of it that I didn't know before. When it's not my turn to get up here and teach, I might not sit down every day and study it like I, like I would if I was teaching, but I will go over it a few times a week just in case something happens and I would have to teach. I want to know a little something about it. Uh, but that's my downfall. I don't have the, I guess, the intestinal fortitude or 
whatever you want to call it, to force myself to sit down and read the Bible all the time and study it like I ought to. But because I got to get up here, that gives me that direction and, and helps me to have a desire to sit down and study something. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's it's hard to get this guy out of the way and do that. Uh, yeah. And I seen a I seen a thing. I, I think it was on TV last night. I seen there was a guy. It, I couldn't hear the what was being said. I had the volume off, but there was a guy had his Bible in his hand and had the TV on, and he was sitting there looking at the Bible and looking up at the TV. And then after a minute, he closed the Bible and laid it down on the coffee table and picked up the remote and turned the TV up. And I thought, boy, ain't that, ain't that just natural? Uh, you know, that sounds like something I'd do. Oh, man, there's a football game on. I got to put this Bible away. I got to watch this game, you know. And there's been times, I, I, I hate to say it, but there's been times God's put it on my heart, give me a specific scripture. I need to read this. But something else will come up before I get to my Bible, and I'll say, well, I'll get to that later, and I'll go on and do what, whatever came up. Uh, if I had my heart right, I'd go on and get the Bible and read that scripture first. If I'd put God first and what he wants me to do, everything else would take care of itself. Or I shouldn't say that. I should say God will take care of everything else because he does. Uh, And that, that's like, like me, I work third shift, so I come home in the morning, I get home about 8 o'clock in the morning, her and the girls are on their way out the driveway when I get home, headed to school, and I go in and, and pretty much free time. I got a little this and that to do, you know, do some help or help her out some around the house, but if I want to sit down and read the Bible, there's nobody there, no noise going on. I could sit down and do that. Or if God wanted me to get out and pray, I got plenty of time for that. Uh, but a lot of times, I'll go in and get ready for bed, and as I'm laying down, I'll think, "Got to put it in my, on my heart. Maybe you ought to pray a little bit." And I'm already laying down. I'll, I'll, I'll pray later, about half asleep, you know. The other night, or the other morning, I went in there and crawled in bed and laid my head down, and God said, maybe you ought to pray a little bit. And I couldn't even say a word. 
I got my heart where God wanted me to, and I said, all I could say was, you know. You know. He knows before we even say a prayer what, we, what we're praying for. He put the prayer on my heart to begin with. So for what I needed to pray for, he already knew. And that was all, that was the only words I could get out without, I couldn't even make a sound. I was crying so, so hard. All I could say was, you know. The last verse of this lesson says, And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. And back to what I said at the beginning of that scripture, charity means love. Same thing. The greatest of these, you got to have faith to get saved, and you got to have hope that, that God's going to do what he said he'd do, but charity is what sets it all in line. God's love, uh, God's love for man. I can't even, I can't even find a word to, to say how great it is. And His commandment is for us to love one another in that way. And I can't even comprehend that kind of love. But what's that tell me? The basis of this whole lesson to me was I can't even love you enough. I can't love you enough because I don't know what it means to love that much. So whatever I'm doing that I call love ain't good enough. I need to step it up and love it, love more than I do. Um, I know there's, there's a lot of things that will get under this guy's skin. A lot of pet peeves, a lot of things that'll irritate me, and and sometimes it's hard to say. Wait a minute, now maybe God's got a plan for this, or maybe maybe I ought to look at this from a different angle. I look at it from the way I see it, and it, and it aggravates me. And if it's aggravating me, love has gone out the window. I need to get away from that mindset. And show God's love, whether somebody's aggravating me or not. I got a guy at work, and I'm kind of proud of myself for this guy because uh, for for almost five years he's been giving me a hard time about being a Christian. Just uh, at least once or twice a week, he just razzes me hard about something about God, and he'll he'll just. Say stupid stuff. Just to try to get me aggravated. Just try to get me going. And God has blessed me to have peace in that and to show him nothing but love. And I've, I've asked him to come to church with me two or three times, and I think that aggravates him more than he's aggravating me. Uh, he just don't know how to take it. I don't know if the guy's ever been to a church house in his life. But... I'd like to see him come to church with me. But the point of it was that if God would if God would help me, I'd like to be able to love everybody that way. Everybody I come in contact with, if I love people the way God has instructed me to in this Sunday school lesson, everybody that I come in contact with, I would love enough to want to see them come in this church and get saved. Because that's what it's all about. That's what my purpose for being here is 
is to, to show people the way to God. Because I know how to get there. I've done it. I've made that trip. And I know the one that will take you by the hand and get you there. Uh, I like the shirt and hat I seen on Facebook the other day. It said had a picture of a cross and a crown of thorns. And it says, I can't, but I know guy. I know a guy. You know, that, that ought to be my, my love towards all mankind is that I know a way out. Follow me. Come, come, come and let me show you where this guy lives. But, but that's all I got. If anybody else got anything. Got anything? 